0: Hot from Dreamland.
1: From Dreamland. Dreamland. I am Rodolfo Carlos. And I am
0: Jordan Pacheco, also known as Jordan the
1: Magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have a brand new HD setup coming coming towards you from, uh, from the Glad Trad Podcast studio.
0: That's right. It is a legit studio, too, so it feels like. So
1: chat, let us know how it's going.
0: Mm-hmm. We have people populating. Hello there. Hi there. Finally. That's from Kim. Grace says hello. So we have mother daughter. How's it going guys? Good good. Good to see you guys. Um, How's it been Rudy?
1: Jordy. It's been fantastic. You are now
0: just beyond a month into married life.
1: Yep. Everything's falling apart. Yep. Does she Uh, hate you? The honeymoon is over.
0: Okay. Right. What honeymoon?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We couldn't go anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But it's good.
0: How's, how's, how's settling in been?
1: It's good. Um, Yeah. Everything's great. I uh, don't really have anything to report other than, uh, if you caught our, our little standalone videos, you might've seen that, uh, got a new prayer book. Ooh,
0: yes. Yes. So uh, you don't have it cool. on hand for those that might've missed, but if they would like to see it, uh, we have a standalone video that's literally the last one inside. So oh, after yeah. this podcast, you can go and check out the prayer book. Tell me about it. It's a 1926, was it?
1: Yeah. It's a book that was printed in the twenties okay. and, uh, it's still actually available. You can, uh, if you go to the the link to, uh, sorry, if you go to the previous video, there's a link in the description. And there's also a standalone video of Jordan uh, with a soft, ref, soft referendum.
0: On <laughs> that- okay, so we'll we'll mention this briefly <laughs> because it's funny. Um, for whatever reason, I, I don't know what spurned it. I can only think that the protest and the church burning has kind of made more people come out of the woodwork. Mm -hmm. You have on one hand, people like Bishop, uh, uh, Strickland from Tyler, Texas, who celebrated their first Latin mass. And he has a really wonderful article on life sites. Uh, we posted a little snippet of the headline on our Instagram page that you can see, but essentially he's fallen head over heels in love with the Latin mass. We know that Archbishop Vigano celebrates Latin mass, Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much exclusively now in hiding in his bunker Um, so you have like it's this real big talk on Vatican II of course because there's a lot of of the
1: golden calf
0: there's a lot of golden yeah the golden calf right that's true and it's funny because people are coming out of the woodwork as always on and around Vatican II I made a little video that was just discussing that what's going on is that there's a soft referendum on Vatican II that as more people discover tradition and orthodoxy and really start to look at the council documents they're beginning to see uh, problem spots yeah. for, for for a nice term they're beginning to see things that need to be talked about for me one of the big ones was and i didn't realize it was embedded in the documents the way that it was but again there's not really a lot of conversation around do muslims and christians worship the same god mm-hmm. it just kind of one day popped into a church document and the more that I listen to, the more that I study, the more that I read, the more I'm convinced that that's, of course, not, like history shown. It's not the case. that. And what's funny is that if we do worship the same God, then why are the bishops today having a day of mourning for the Hagia Sophia being turned into a mosque? If it's all being oriented correctly to God, then why would we be sad about that kind of a thing?
1: It certainly seems like a, a shoe in right? Like yeah. 50 years ago, they're like, all right, we're planting the seed so that in 2016 or whatever <laughs> the the pope at that particular moment in time he's gonna create a uh, monolithic area where yeah. Jews and Muslims and Christians will worship together and uh, hopefully by then we'll have like a one-world government and a one-world religion and I used everything's to, gonna be I used, dandy I've always said
0: this as a joke but now it's true I used to be less conspiratorial if you will
1: yeah I but... remember used to used to burn me with that yeah
0: i used to and but now i see the connection. Like, rudy are,
1: you're you're being a little paranoid yeah like, <laughs> i don't know jordan well I, I don't feel like- look <laughs> let's give a perfect example right
0: how do you have uh, like the united nations and bono and all that kind of crowd is being hosted yeah at,
1: what is bono I, doing at the vatican that's what
0: i'm saying that's what i'm saying it's like it's like what are people who have not only nothing to do at the church but have very very intrinsically evil views contraception is an intrinsic evil by the way for instance, yeah, um, the you know the Pope. Look, I'm totally fine with dining with sinners and prostitutes. Don't get me wrong, whatsoever. I'm totally fine with the John, Vatican having concerts and inviting people in that normally wouldn't be in the Vatican. But when we talk about the policy of the Church, Bill Gates and Bono are not on the same page as the Roman Catholic Church is on a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. so it just it's a little yeah it's a little you're like i don't know what's going on could there have been an infiltration who knows
1: <laughs> yeah. infiltration trademark infiltration trademark yeah but yeah so and you know what it is Jordi? i think that all of this conversation started when you me and anthony started playing rocket league together oh my god we started the clan vatican 2 was a mistake <laughs> and and it just so happened to be that one day we were playing with against the pope yeah and the pope was like that's it. I'm sending a memo to mm-hmm. all of my bishops. Yeah. I want them to talk about Vatican II and let everybody know that it's fantastic. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to the church. Yeah.
0: people And people really need to... So I thought that there's a fine line that as a traditionalist, you can take on Vatican II because the answer isn't... So... Because the answer isn't like, well, uh, it just never happened. It happened. And it wasn't an ecumenical council. That's something as a trad you have to fully accept because the history of the church is... Without understanding of ecumenical councils that they happen so what's kind of cool though is that the question is even if it's an ecumenical council does vatican ii teach new dogma or new doctrine no no and this isn't something that's coming from the trad circle all my entire life i've never heard dogma or doctrine tied to vatican ii really like fine print i've heard of course that it was a springtime of awakening the new evangelization mm. the nova theology all that kind of stuff brought in. But when you actually get down, the documents go really out of the way to say that there are things that aren't anathema. And you know people say, well, it's a magisterial document, which of course it is, it's a council. And so therefore it carries the magisterial authority, which it does. But again, the question is on what dogma or doctrine am I as a Catholic in 2020 bound by via Vatican II that I might've not been in 1955? Yeah. again do nothing. am i so it's a genuine question for for a lot of the bishops and priests who are making very very uh pro vatican II videos out there
1: we might have just lost our mandatum oh no the mandatum <laughs> <Not> <laughs> we should have a button. the,
0: bite. <laughs> the <replaced laughs> live. yeah there is was a mandatum oh well oh well, i don't need it because you know i'm i'm going i'm going away um but the <laughs> but no the question is very simple am i as a catholic in 2020, on pains of anathema, allowed to believe that Allah and the Risen Lord are not the same God. That the worship that Muslims orient, while it's nice that they believe in something, is to a God that's been so malformed and misconstrued that I would say, just as Muhammad is a false prophet, Allah is a false God. Is that something that I, as a Catholic, can believe on pains of anathema? Am I still am I still a good Catholic, <laughs> for for calling that seriously indignitas humane and in lumengentium into question? or uh, am i allowed to believe that you know am i allowed to look at vatican ii and say okay i can see the the policy change but it's not a pains of anathema to me
1: mm-hmm.
0: right um it's a genuine question and what we're seeing now especially because a lot of the latin masses have remained open and have really worked hard to to bring out the beauty of the faith throughout the whole coronavirus lockdown what we've actually seen is an influx of new parishioners not just in our parish but all across the fraternity I was talking to a priest from the fraternity that's in charge of development and that's what he was saying that like they're booming yet again because people have been denied the sacraments or the reverence
1: yeah it's a it's a godsend we we've seen a lot of people in our our daily mass even like yeah. completely Ooh. filling up the oh whole the church. daily mass is filled now i mean just to give you guys a little context if you're not from from around here uh we're only allowed to have about 100 people in our masses because of the restrictions uh regarding the virus and um, and that's as much as we can have. Some churches, they have uh, uh, less of a restriction because they have more space.. Yeah. but we're literally like in a little parking lot, so we can only have 100 people. And for a daily mass, where before the, the lockdowns, there was maybe, I don't know 13, 15 people or something which like is still that.
0: still high for a daily mass, which
1: is still pretty high. <laughs> um, now we have like almost a fully booked. Uh, Yeah, a seating arrangement where there's like almost nowhere else to sit. Yeah, which is great. And and the good thing is that um, Because people get an opportunity to attend and receive the sacraments there they can then firstly experience the Latin mass and uh, request that from their own pastor but also to request the sacraments uh, to be returned to them Mm -hmm. at their own parish, right? So it's a twofold thing. They're kind of getting an experience of tradition and also, you know, they get they have more of a um, a bargaining chip to say, look, hey, Pastor So and so, man, we've been out for months now and it doesn't seem like you're doing anything to bring us back and I really need the sacraments. Yeah. I mean, we've heard so many stories of like people um, you know, having to postpone baptisms and that sort of thing. Jesus. And I don't I don't think we have like I don't well I I know you and I do and a lot of people on the ground do, but I think a lot of like the authority, uh, they don't have that that um, pressure or mm-hmm. maybe they're not thinking about it too hard because these are various, very serious things. I mean, for a child not to be baptized.
0: Well, once upon a time it used to be a serious 70 thing.
1: years ago, yeah. That's right.
0: I mean, the idea was this, it's, it's very funny. So I was away on vacation for a little bit with, with Jen's family, their mm-hmm. family vacation. And she has a member of the family who's not a Catholic, not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and was asking we sat down we were talking about the faith and I was using it as a moment of, of a bit of evangelization
2: mm-hmm. and
0: she was asking me well what's the necessaries of baptism do Catholics think that if you're not a Catholic you're not saved and I, I said Christ himself has given us the common means of salvation mm-hmm. right so while someone like Didymus on the cross right might not be baptized but Christ says to him the day you'll be in paradise that's an extraordinary circumstance you know but the normal means of salvation are through the sacraments because the sacraments come from God, administered to the church upon to to, to distribute to the entire world. Mm-hmm. So yes, it is. So I believe Christ. When Christ says, "Unless you're born of water and spirit, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven," we take that literally. The Catholic Church has had this really grand track record of the necessity of baptism.
1: Just look back to history and, and look at the missionary history of the church. Last episode we talked about the missionary spirit St. of Saint Bonifacio and there's numerous numerous missionaries that we could talk about in history for example lefevre in africa uh the uh jesuits Saint going, francis xavier going to the the asian countries yeah asian countries yep. north america for the North jesuits. america Huge. that's true yeah um mm-hmm.
0: the the jesuits the reason why again junipero serra was in california was because the jesuits had been expelled out of mexico uh, and junipero serra was a dominican so it was it was a changing of the guard in the best way possible um, but yeah, it's like it's like there's the necessity of baptism. So for the idea that, and the reason why, of course, is that we give our best back to God, and that God wants to claim each and every one of us rightfully as His son or daughter. And the way that we initiate that literally is through baptism. So to hear suddenly that well, baptism's been postponed, again, you know, um, something like limbo um, isn't something that's that's dogmatic, right? It's not doctrinal, but. The question again is a normal means of salvation. I don't want to put a chance when I have this little soul that that God has given to me. Well, if my child passes, like, oh, he'll just go straight to heaven. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can can believe that totally fine as a Catholic. Um, It doesn't do anything for, for damaging, but again, there isn't that knowledge because we have Christ's words. And so this idea that we take invincible ignorance or that we take the extraordinary means of salvation, baptism by desire, whatever, baptism by blood, whatever, and we say, well, that must mean that everybody's good. Right. Again, like it's it's like when no confession except in extreme circumstances, and I was under the impression that every mortal sin sends you to hell, and that's an extreme circumstance.
1: Yeah, just imagine it. You're you're driving home, and uh, you had every well. You know, there's there's circumstances, right? So if you had the intention to go to the sacrament and you weren't able to, yeah, you're probably gonna be okay. Yeah, hopefully. I yeah, mean, there's things that you have to do to make that happen. Right. But uh, let's say, for example. Um, you d- you weren't thinking about it, you weren't aware of it, and uh, you're driving home, and God, you know, decides, hey, that's your time.
0: Well, and this was this was the important thing for that conversation with this person because what I was saying is that again, we we do this out of a place of love. Mm-hmm. Christ came into the world and commanded us to baptize, not to be an oppressive. A law where we are, we are, we are, he is master, we are slaves, right? Christ says, no longer slaves, I call you friends. Right. It's an invitation into the life of the church. And as Catholics, of course, we're not once saved, always saved people. So being a Catholic doesn't guarantee your salvation. You know, it, we know that it's through the church that salvation is, is dispensed, extra ecclesio nulus salus. Mm-hmm. But the answer isn't to just, you know, chalk it into the wind and hope everything's fine. Right. We have a guarantee of how to get to heaven you know, Christ laid that out. And we also have a guarantee on how to get to hell. Christ was very clear about that too.
1: That's the tragedy of, of today. Um, when I was teaching young students, uh, for preparing them for confirmation, um, I, I could never shake the feeling that at the end for some, after having received their confirmation, they felt like, okay, they were done and they didn't have to worry about anything. A graduation from the Catholic church. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, I, I know that from certain family members that you know they say oh yeah I I go to mass like maybe once a year I'm okay it's mm-hmm. like, no man <laughs> you're not okay you don't realize how sick you are yeah and so
0: I think I think that part of this soft referendum on Vatican II is coming from more Catholics especially now that the sacraments have been ripped away and mm. maybe discovering it in a whole new way right with the Latin mass with the return of tradition really seeing the necessity of of Christ first and foremost, his social kingship and what that looks like in the church. And it's not okay to think that things are just going to be okay because now we have literally seen what happens when the sacraments are gone. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying, yeah. you know, because a lot of things that we take for granted are just gone all of a sudden.
2: Yeah,
0: um, And so I think that, that there, are, there are those who are trying to cling to this idea that, again, Vatican II opened up the doors always. And It's not like Vatican II did everything objectively bad I, I really do think that the call to universal holiness was a, is a good thing. I think that the lady has all, the lady's always been pretty good about keeping the faith in some pockets. But I think with all the media that's going on, it's very very lay led. There are so many good Catholics who are using the means in their ordinary lives to give back to God, and I think that's great. You know. Yeah, I
1: mean that's certainly how we started.
0: That's precisely how we started.
1: I, I you know I was thinking about this the other day because I was trying to get a a, a really. Famous guy on our podcast. <laughs> All <the time>. good <laughs> and uh, you know, as of right now, we're we're pretty much like nobodies. But I was thinking about how we came about, yeah. and I don't know if we ever told a story like fully. I don't think so. But the uh, real truth, the real truth yeah. behind the Glatrad podcast. <laughs> uh, you and I were were hanging out, and we were talking about the mass because I had just started going to uh, the traditional Latin mass. Mm. And this was right around the same time that the uh, McCarrick stuff was bubbling to the surface, and a lot of other things that were happening in the church at that particular moment. And we were both thinking, like, "Hey, I'm going into despair here. There's, you know, there's like all of this stuff that's coming out, and I just don't feel good anymore. I, I need something good, you know." Yeah. And that's how we started. We said, <laughs> "Hey, uh, actually, there aren't a lot of people who are doing happy things. Why yeah. don't we start something?"
0: That's you know, what's funny is that's right. So we we think with this podcast and just how we are even, there's a lot of bad things going on in the church. And there
1: are... Typically, that's all you hear.
0: That's Typically, that's all you hear. And yeah. it makes sense because A, it's important to expose the, the the rot. You have to do that and burn it away with fire. I'm very, very grateful for people like Taylor Marshall or Church Militant doing that sort of work. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, I, I also realize that that affects you spiritually. Yeah. There are some people who are resilient and they can do that and for me i can get really angry and sulk about things i know that you can too mm-hmm. but also the latin mass brought us a lot of peace yeah and it brought us a lot of joy like genuine joy i i've always loved the mass i've always loved the concept of the mass but to be fulfilled to be fed fully again to to have my love of christ reinvigorated in that way um, and so we had to that's why we're doing this we're doing this really because we don't want to shut up about the joy that has been brought in. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of darkness around the world. But again, we know that our Lord can be asleep in the boat because he knows that the victory is already won. Right. You know, our lady, like, there's no alternate universe where a lady doesn't defeat Satan. The, the, the serpent's head will be crushed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And also, like, there's memes and there's pipe smoking and there's cool, <laughs> like, old books and tomes. Like, yeah. there's a lot to be excited about. And I think, well, my kind of last point on it is... You know, again, I've heard this criticism, I've I read this criticism, I should say, because it was um, that, well, the Latin mass train, the, the traditionalist train, well, now everyone's a traditionalist, actually, apparently, so I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, no, but the... the, the yeah, they the, change the definition. That's yes, right. Whenever um, yeah. wait, wait until the music of David Haas is put aside Palestrina. Mm. If you were a traditional Catholic, you'll love the St. Louis <laughs> Jesuits.
1: <laughs> Suggested <a> video.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, but there's there's this understanding that people say, well, you are, you're just hunting for the aesthetics. You know, you're just going for the smells and bells. You're just hunting for... Yeah, and you'll do anything for the liturgy without leading with Christ. And I say, suppose that I, I I agreed with that premise, you know? The solution isn't to Protestantize the Mass because we believe that it's innately in Protestantism that gets us a closer relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what that argument reveals. The answer is that the Catholic Church is always a both-and sort of religion. Right. You can have the smells and the bells. You can have the Latin Mass. You can have the full high, solemn, pontifical mass. And you can have that radical devotion to Christ and to Christ's church. And and that's how it flows. And what's very funny is I think that for people who make this sort of criticism, maybe some of you will ever watch this podcast, I encourage you really just to spend some time with a Latin mass community. Go to your local fraternity church. Uh, and now I can say like local because they're they're developing like white weeds. It's wonderful. A Dawson popping up. And really just get a, a second to to observe the people. I think what you'll find is that everyone's a normal person just like you and there's so much love for christ in the traditional mass and there's so much reverence and a desire to grow closer with him and i know that that can be really strange and that can be really terrifying and that you want to build the walls up and as trads a lot of times there's an impulse to circle the wagons too Mm. but the demographics don't lie of the church how the church is going to look in a decade is going to be completely different yeah, and for traditionalists I think for you and I with this podcast and with so many of our friends and the groups of people we're in we're taking up the call to to, ironically with Vatican II to actually take those medieval walls and expand them yeah <laughs> like we're looking to bring people into the church as it's been as it's been codified as it's been revealed throughout history throughout tradition throughout the scriptures and join us for heaven's sake like this is the time that we're all moving towards our sanctification and Our episode today uh it's titled our lady's command but it really is the overview of spiritual warfare because we're in the trenches right now deals precisely with that that the church militant is recruiting that it's on the march and it's time to it's time to get serious all the time all the way
1: yeah i want to backtrack a little bit and um and say a lot of people because you mentioned that we were we were planning on radicalizing and and kind of uh, fortifying the walls of the of the church right mm-hmm. and we're gonna do we're gonna do that you and me in a very small way because you and I you know well I'm married now and you're yeah. you're moving towards that too yeah. the way that you and I are gonna do it is different from the way like perhaps somebody in clergy could do it right mm-hmm. so you and I are gonna form a family unit and we're gonna make damn sure that that family unit is fortified and set upon the foundation of christ
2: Mm -hmm. upon
1: traditionalism and all that sort of things all the sort of things that are good in the in the church that produce good life within you right so we're going to be doing that and we don't understand i think a lot of people don't really understand how much influence they have over their own salvation or upon the people around them Mm -hmm. right one of the things that was really disappointing to me was uh uh, finding out that certain priests didn't understand how much influence they had by what they said or by what they, the lack of what they said, that sort of thing. Yeah. But we, we have so much influence and that's just like one thing that a lot of people don't really think about, but, uh, going back into what our episode is about, um, we, we've kind of been granted a, an opportunity. I, I think I look back at the, uh, at the beginning of going to the traditional Latin mass. And like from that point to now, for me, it's been like a nice little vacation, right? Mm -hmm. I needed a recharge. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And if we're looking at it from the perspective of fighting uh, a spiritual war, it's like being called home from the front lines and getting a little, what do they call it? R and R time? Yeah, a little (laughs) rest and relaxation. Rest and leave, whatever, yeah. Yeah, so we've we've been granted this R and R time uh, and And we're just kind of sitting here and kind of relaxing and figuring out taking stock of what's inside mm-hmm. what we have available to us and all that sort of thing and now we're being pushed back into the front lines, but this time it's a little different. yeah, we have so many other tools that we can draw upon to uh to ensure survival in the spiritual war. One thing
0: that is funny and i'll I'll take because we're doing this and is we've talked about. I've always said it's, it's, it's funny how the new evangelization, the thing that it got that was new, I would say is the media, is yeah. the ability, is the internet space, is the digital space but the hello the, internet hello internet my friends <laughs> <laughs> my
1: friends welcome to our podcast F's in the chat no, i'm just kidding <laughs> but
0: but it, it's the, it's using the new media for the old evangelization that's what the new evangelization actually is mm-hmm. so it's again the birth of of podcasts like this one the birth of of tnt the birth of tumblr house the birth of so many good commentators
1: the birth of memes. platforms, platforms. have been created like just i just, YouTube. I just youtube's a... not really that great anymore but no but yeah wild west youtube oh my mm-hmm.
0: well you know what's funny is i found an instagram page called uh is it what is it 1962 bride
1: yeah you know that one i know that one yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: and all it is it's posting tridentine weddings and the photos from it and it's so beautiful and it's it's very popular but also it's using the internet space which already is growing in that sort of tradition Again, people are drawn to the elements of the mass the beautiful and from the beautiful they they do discover the true they do discover the richness of the faith, and even in terms of our own spiritual lives, there are uh, channels like Census Fidelium who I, I find wonderful for a myriad of topics on from spiritual disciplines to understanding of the roles of a husband and a father and a family life and vocation just in general or peace of mind and um I mean, it's just a wellspring, and so right now, we're, it's good that we have these tools because the church is in a dark moment. Yeah, Thank, it's by God's grace that they found the arsonist for the San G- or the suspect, suspected arsonist for the San Gabriel mission.
1: I didn't hear about that. That's yeah. good.
0: Yeah, Jen showed me that the other day. And uh, gee,
1: will you look at that, guys? It wasn't just a coincidence. Wow, wasn't just uh, who, that. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought that the, you know uh, a, a mission founded by Junipero Serra Yeah, spontaneously combusted. Combusted.
0: I know. Just right? like Notre Dame. Well, now, you know, the Vatican had some bad timing on this one because they just elevated uh, Mission S- uh, San Buenaventura yeah. to a small basilica. Mm-hmm. Um, something basilica. Maybe it's not small, but a minor basilica maybe. Minor, yeah. Which is great, right? Which would be a good reason to celebrate. Thank you to the Vatican for such a thing. For, it's a very high honor mm-hmm. and, and proper for the mission. But also, unfortunately, uh, I feel like that might make it a hot target now. From you know, now we've seen multiple missions vandalized, the statue we pulled down. We talked about that a lot in our last episode. So, you know, it's like in this time of really giant craziness, it's by God's grace that we have tools, both in the in the in the digital space and of course very physically with the sacramentals of the church mm-hmm. to to tie us all back together. Yeah. So you're right. It it's been a the Latin mass for us has been a vacation. It has been a refuge. During coronavirus, I, I am so grateful that we kept the doors open. Yeah. I, am, I'm beyond, I understood even when we just didn't have it, feeling lost. It wasn't enough just to watch them out online because to be there, to, to, just to feel close, proximity close to the Blessed Sacrament, it's important. But now we're being called back to war. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to do this. The, the, the first way that Christians should do this, which is that we pick up the rosary mm-hmm. and we pick up the sacramentals and we, and we start really cultivating holy lives, especially in regards
1: to our vocations. Some of the greatest saints have recognized this, and they always begin with the rosary. I was reading about uh, Saint Bartolo Longo. Have you heard of him? Uh Oh, no. He was a, uh, I forget when he was born. I think it might've been, I'd have to look it up again.
0: Was he he Nigerian, is he that one?
1: No, he's Italian. Italian, right, okay. So Bartolo Longo gets involved with the wrong crowd, and he becomes a Satanist priest, Mm -hmm. and later on he has a conversion, he um he goes to confession but he realizes that it's not enough for what he did in his life so what he does is he decides to uh to um go on a sort of like a a spiritual crusade and he wants to bring people back to christ through the rosary Mm -hmm. so he starts a rosary drive wow (laughs) in uh i think it was in pompeii Mm -hmm. um and uh at the first the first uh, the first time he did it, not many people came, maybe two or three people, yeah. you know? <laughs> and being involved in ministry, like I, I, I feel that sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Like you do one thing and you're like, it's gonna be amazing. Awesome. everyone's gonna it's come. Gonna it's be gonna huge. be huge. Huge, huge ministry energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, huge <laughs> ministry energy. So you do, you, know, you you work yourself up and then like two people come and it's mm. like, oh, <laughs> but he didn't give up, you know? He kept doing this residue drive and he was getting a lot of people in the end to come to christ through the rosary yeah that's an incredible and important weapon that we have and uh if you're not praying the rosary you have to pick it up you have to you have to start you have to learn you have to like focus up the last video i did too the standalone video i talked about how you could pray a good rosary so if you're having trouble with it i mean i had trouble with it in the beginning yeah you know i was uh picking up the beads and just kind of I just wasn't really getting anything out of it because I wasn't meditating on mm-hmm. on what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, Bartolo Longo he he calls it uh, the cadena dulce, the sweet chain, ah, <laughs> the sweet chain fitting. between heaven and earth. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's that's certainly a a really important one.
0: I um, you know what's very funny is so for me, um, getting into the habit of the rosary. What I'm realizing it is. Again, I, I think that when we draw into our prayer life, that it's a it can also serve as a fulfillment of a vocation. That helps me a lot. Yeah. So I've always, so for me personally, right, I have always been drawn to, again, like the history, the apologetics of the church. What I've been, where my growth spot is, is diving deep into the spirituality of the church in that kind of very radical way, mm-hmm. you know? What is regimented prayer and genuine prayer look like you know, that's not just me getting ecstasy because I found out what this original was in Greek and why, therefore, Lutherans are wrong or something like that. Right. And that's important, too. But for me, again, it's like, again, um, to give an example here. So Jen and I, we, you know, as you do on a trip, you pray the rosary and you, you also ask of the intercession of, of St. Christopher. Um, but it's it's that as a man, you're head of the family mm-hmm. and they they show all the time that if the if the man of the house doesn't have faith, doesn't have the faith that his children' likelihood of keeping the faith go astronomically low. Yeah, and it's it's we understand the role of the importance of of the nuclear family, the importance of motherhood and fatherhood, but it's also important as men too that we that we submit, in one regard in particular, besides to Christ of course, and that's it to have a devotion to Our Lady, mm-hmm. and that's something that I've been feeling especially this year growing inside of me Good. Um, because I know that that our, my, our lady has taken a special attention to the kind of work that we're doing mm-hmm. that this is the kind of work for our son that's close to our heart and so the rosary what it does is it conforms us to the will of Christ because it gives us our own our own fiat our own yes in the way that the Virgin Mary does and that's why it's very funny because now this year, for instance, talk about how how slow I was on the uptick. It was it was it was this year that I finally learned all the mysteries by heart. You know, that might sound uh, really silly, yeah. right? But it's it's important because what that lets me do now is is when you say, okay, the, the first sorrowful mystery, the agony in the garden, but what it actually means, to your point, you know, to really kind of meditate over all the things that have happened in Christ's lives, all the wounds that our 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 our, our Lady must have suffered, right, when her heart was pierced and and to really see yourself trying to conform to the will of god and with all the madness that's out there right now there is a great need for for obviously for very physical presence places Mm -hmm. we've talked about the the necessity unfortunately of catholic defense leagues we're in catholic defense leagues now right we're Mm -hmm. in quick reaction forces for if they it's it's and sometimes of course these young men were like oh i hope they start something at my church well oh, they better not <laughs> not really well yes really but not really but at the same time catholics are called to be to be warriors of prayer first and foremost and the rosary is our greatest weapon that we've been given it it literally fights satan right patrick pio girds up his hands with the rosary and punches the devil in the face mm-hmm. and there's a real magnificent poetry to even to that physical reality that happens in our spiritual life when we when we when we do the rosary when we when we look to the spiritual masters with great devotion. This year I pick I picked up novenas. Yeah, I, I never did. I did I honestly did not know what a novena was until, or at least I thought I didn't know what a novena was until this year. And now to see that there are devotions. Right, the last one I just did was to Our Lady of Mount Carmel, which is special to me because that's where Jen and I will get married, for heaven's sake. Right. So to to kind of see that in the world of darkness, the response isn't just by Force physically but it really is first and foremost to conform ourselves to God's will and the only way that we do that is with prayer and serious prayer and as you said like if you're not if you're not doing that it's time to really pick yourself up for the team Mm -hmm. because that's that's the only way that we're going to be able to get through a lot of this madness I I find
1: well there's there's definitely two battlefields right there's the interior battlefield and in my missile there's a really beautiful prayer um, after communion where it says, uh, it essentially, I'm going to paraphrase, but it, it basically says, after I'm done conquering myself on Earth, may I be worthy to enter mm, into Heaven. Wow. So there's that one spiritual battle. Is that
0: the that right? missile? It's the Favosans <laughs>
1: missile. I'm sure that it's pre- I, I imagine that it's common enough that there might be something similar to Nothing that. Of the Ladate
0: app can't fix. Yeah, or something. Right. Or
1: you can get that little prayer book. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the first battlefield the battlefield within yourself. And then there's the battlefield outside Mm -hmm. where we're encountering people lighting our churches on fire, uh, you know, um, turning down our statues, trying to make us afraid. Yeah. And then the third battlefield is the spiritual battlefield that we cannot see the, the, the place where the physical and the ethereal meet where entities like demons are and they can attack you physically or be in your presence, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of just disrupt your your peace, right? So there's three different battlefields that we're constantly fighting in, and we have to be aware that that they exist. Yeah. Um, and the good thing about the rosary is that it sort of, kinda takes care of both. Or, or two, two battlefields, right? So the interior.
0: They can also be built a little sharp for the other one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you wrap it around your fist <laughs> yeah. and uh, you, you catch an Antifa goon, <laughs> some Antifa goon in, in your church. Hail Mary, uh, full of grace, punch a heretic in the face. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here? I'm waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> <Zop. laughs> Yeah, I guess it could fit for all three. Yeah, but um, you know, I was driving the other day and I was thinking, I'm an extremist. You know, <laughs> oh, you heard it Bishop, first. Bishop <laughs> uh, Bishop Barron thinks that there's a lot of Catholic traditional extremists, right? And I am an extremist because I would say that I want to. There's two schools of thought, right? One school of thought will say, or maybe three. One school of thought will say that. The Second Vatican Council can be interpreted from uh, the hermeneutic of continuity, right? Another school of thought says we have to modify the documents, take out what's bad, and then leave what's good, which I sometimes lean into that camp.
0: It's literally possible.
1: But then I was thinking the other day while I was driving, I'm an extremist. I want to get rid of the whole thing. I want (laughs) to just relegate, like Archbishop Vigano, I just want to relegate it to a dark Corner footnote of, of
0: history is a phrase I like to use.
1: Because um it's gonna be really hard to keep it if we want to take the mass and make it what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, that that is a good thing to do because we need it's it's the problem of extra ecclesium, right? Yeah. So um not extra ecclesium, it's the problem of um of um Lex Credendi. Ah,
0: lexuendi, lexuendi, yeah. So
1: if we're working on our spiritual life, it's going to be really hard to work on our our interior life if what we're getting for food, mm-hmm. like spiritual nourishment, is like yeah, Marty Hogan. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the video of the uh, of the church that is giving out holy communion in packets. <laughs> you know, yeah, like Lord for
0: taking away in your car. <laughs> so you and then you consume our Lord in your car. Yeah. So
1: So if we're receiving all of that, which is basically like giving sugar to a to a kid, mm-hmm. um, we're gonna have a really hard time to go home and understand our influence as fathers. Yeah. You know, and take the lead. Uh, we're going to have a hard time to look at our interior life and say, okay, there's certain things that I have to change. So in that regard, I'm going to say that I'm an extremist and then we, we have to change things.
0: You know, this is, this is one, I think about this. So Father Ripperger uh, in his talks on, on exorcism talks about how the new rite, how the exorcists use the old rite of prayers and these, these exorcist prayers go back. They're, yeah. they're, they're some of the earliest prayers in Christianity. I was really surprised how deep their roots go like codified roots in terms of of how the structure is with these prayers and a lot of these demons like it's not you know it's, it's not saying that there is an illegitimacy for holy water of the of the of the new mass that there's legitimacy illegitimacy of exorcisms in in the new right but some of these demons are deep and yeah. they find more and more that it's it's holy water that's triple exercised in the old right, mm-hmm. right just as important as baptism in the old rite which triple exercises
1: this is the Fiji water yeah uh, this is water. our that's exactly it's the Fiji water
0: it's the it's Elizabeth well water of, Levu. Uh, of the tap water of the world we still have to do that <laughs> now we have the means to we're gonna have to do water oh the water again. test <laughs> remember that oh yeah <laughs> your, your words
1: boy I think that was like the third episode or that something was, we were I'm gonna do a water test uh-huh. people were, people <laughs> were excited <laughs>
0: um, but, but what we're finding is that that's very true for the spiritual life it is hard to talk about a cultivation of real serious prayer like real serious devotion real serious family dynamics all that kind of stuff and then have the mass be banal yeah we've we've seen this and this is funny it's it's very funny why again this soft referendum that's going on okay well that's all well and good except here's one problem we're 60 years on from the council we're not in theoretical time there's and i can't find again I, i read a really wonderful book the 21 ecumenical councils by father john o'malley society of jesus and uh, who seems to be a good Jesuit, but I'm not sure. But I think he is. Read what that era book. was it? Uh, I mean, he's in recent. His, he's in his 90s now, so I don't know uh, when he actually wrote the book, though. Okay. But it's 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 but it's a series of lectures. That's what it is. It's okay. an audiobook book is a series of lectures, and they're just they're good. They're good history. Yeah. And I learn about councils that also could be scrapped from the books necessarily. Mm-hmm. Not Florence, but there's there's one that that was very political against the East, and it doesn't teach like dogma or doctrine, but it's like. For the sake of unity, you could probably do a, you could probably modify this. Right. Point being is that, you know, it is, you know, we we want that spiritual devotion, that cultivation. And the thing about it is as a Catholic, we've grown up our entire lives looking up to to big saints. Not just saints who have come in the past uh, the last part the latter part of the, the 20th century, right? Like Mother Teresa and John Paul II. But we've learned about the history of the Church of Saints. We've learned about St. Augustine, St. Thomas More, St. Basil the Great. All these people: Saint Thomas Aquinas, the Angelic Doctor, mm-hmm. and we've we've seen very Cardinal Henry Newman, who is who is apparently would have been a great proponent <laughs> of Vatican II. going to have to come back to that one. Uh, <laughs> but the question again comes to when we see that something is working to sustain the Church. When I read, you know, the the prayers that Father Sons might write, mm-hmm. uh, and this is something from the twenties, for heaven's sake. When I read. Uh, I love, uh, I have a book called Our Glorious Popes by by a nun from the 1950s. And it reads like such a Catholic book fighting against Mohammedans and the scoundrels of, of the Orthodox Church and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, okay, look, like, I understand that we're, we're fighting a war for the salvation of souls all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's when it comes to serious prayer and devotion, the rosary itself, one of my favorite popes, Pope Pius V, Cultivates Our Lady of Victory, who is our Lady of the Rosary, because of the Battle of Lepanto. This is the same Pope who codified the the Tridentine mass, so guess what I think i I see that all of it is connected. This is literally the the soil that gave birth to so many wellsprings of the church, and I can't find sixty years past Trent a desire for a referendum on Trent. It just doesn't exist not and to go
1: back to you know to to vatican II too much but
0: not too too much
1: but i mean you mentioned lepanto right and if if we're asking the question do do christians and muslims believe the same god then explain lepanto
0: yeah what a, what is a, what a tragedy you know it's, because if, it's, if we're it's a civil yeah war.
1: If, if if it's almost as if something had changed right yeah. like we decided that the past didn't make any sense kind of like what we're experiencing today yeah and And they said, "Well, no, let's forget about Lepanto because in Lepanto it was like a massive war the, so the... so were we were we believing the same thing? Mm-hmm. I don't think so, otherwise we wouldn't have had this this great rosary victory of Lepanto
0: if you want to for our viewers, if you want to have a book i'll i'll Maybe link in the description. We'll link our other resources. I think we'll be good. But it's called Empires of the Sea. It's a wonderful book about the entire 100, 150 year span of war between the southern Catholic kingdoms who were going through the Protestant Reformation, dealing with that, and the Ottoman Empire, which was creeping from the east and Mm -hmm. the real serious religious wars. And what's very funny about this era that we don't have now is the serious religiosity of both sides. I think that the Islamic world is retaining it back. It's by no coincidence that Erdogan who's essentially a uh, uh, the new uh, Ottoman uh, sultan is um, is turning Hagia Sophia into a mosque. Yeah. Right? Any more than it is that Putin has suddenly become Tsar of Russia again and is now working very closely <laughs> with the Orthodox Church. I mean, these things the more things change the more they stay the same I find. Yeah. And so for, but reading these people these very serious w- literal warriors in that case, spiritual warfare that made itself manifest they knew that they were fighting for different stakes. Yeah. They knew that, that the God of Muhammad was, you have three, again, this isn't by, this is a Christian conspiracy theory. There are three options that you have for a non, non-Muslim. non You convert, you pay the jizya, mm-hmm. the tax, and you're essentially subdued. You you can't rebuild your churches. You can't do this. You can't do that. Uh, if you're a, uh, a uh, janissary, your children might be stolen in the middle of the night. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Or the third one is that you fight the unbelievers until they feel totally subdued. Yep. Okay. So that's so that's all on the table. As Christians, we go, well, you should convert; otherwise, God's gonna have a real serious talk with you in the end. <laughs> you know, which is which yeah. is kind of nicer. Um, <laughs> but no, it's the importance again is that is that especially now people are realizing where the heroes of the faith lie, where are the priests who are who are, who are leading their people, mm-hmm. Archbishop uh, Corleone and the the rosary and the exorcism that happens at his statue of Buenos Right. I mean, what wonderful things, right? The The priests who are working hard to not just keep open during the pandemic, but who are extolling the importance of the sacrament or extolling the importance of holy
1: faith. And the priests and bishops who are looking at doctr- doctrinal errors and saying, for the sake of the laity, I'm going to ask you this very difficult question. I need you to clarify this, yeah. this document that you're saying or this statement that you said. Mm-hmm. Because people's souls are at stake.
0: That's what it is. And and I'm, I'm, I think everyone's getting done on getting by with a technicality. Yeah. When I meet the Lord, you know, it's, it's the grace of God working upon us and us responding to that kind of grace. But when I meet the Lord, I can completely say for myself that, that it's either going to be him or it's going to be nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think anybody gets tricked into heaven right is is what a lot of this new understanding of spirituality is it's like well cultivate a relationship <laughs> with jesus that's important
1: you mean i i can come in <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's well that's what there is no now chat correct me if i'm wrong on this one but there is no record of of a saint which is someone who's in heaven coming back from the dead saying i was staunch uh <laughs> i was an isis member and i and then i it turned out i was okay though because i didn't know any better and i met god yeah. Uh, I, I find that Dante, the answer, I think the medievals, right, when they dealt with the question of limbo, one of the things that's interesting is that Dante places righteous pagans, and even he places Saladin, for heaven's sake, in limbo, mm-hmm. right? This is the first circle of hell. So it's, it's still separation from God, but it's like a through no fault of their own sort of a thing. Right. Because also and Dante places Virgil there, but Virgil can't ascend to Mount Purgatory. Because he, in order to be in purgatory, means you are still on your path for salvation, Mm -hmm. which is to see the beatific vision, which is to be with our Lord forever in paradise. Right. Um, This all goes to show that, to your point, yeah, it's like when we talk about seriously spiritual cultivation, we do have to govern what we read, what we put into our bodies, of course. And that comes down to our prayers.
1: For goodness sakes, I mean, as guys, like, you have to really be careful with your eyes. Oh my. You have to, you have to be ultra careful. Yeah. You know, so. That's another thing. Another I would say to segue into like another aspect of uh like a spiritual tool for for uh the warfare that we're experiencing is fasting. I don't oh, think we talk shoot. about fasting. We don't talk about fasting really yeah. enough. That was because it's
0: hard. That was one of the best things that was one of the best things that <laughs> ever came out of it sucks. <laughs> but you know what it is? It's kinda nice. Now like this is this is one of the best things that happened in Exodus ninety for me. Because fasting, what it does, even just physically, I'll start with physical because it's kind of cool. Fasting actually will sharpen you. Yeah. Because hunger is a driving force just in terms of being a human. Mm -hmm. So you might, you'll feel yourself getting a little feral. I say it is. And so you will be focused because you're like, okay, because if I do this and I'm going to eat at some point, that's awesome. But it's a good thing too, because when you fast with our Lord as the ultimate amount, it really is funny how the passions cease to govern you. Mm-hmm. When you're not governed by your stomach, you now are learning the tools to not be governed by by your your concupiscence, mm-hmm. to be governed by your sloth, yeah, you know, to be governed by money or any of the other things, because you are literally taking away something which sustains you, but you're doing it for the sake of the kingdom.
1: You're reor you you're reordering yourself to something higher. Yeah, you're saying senses, you don't govern me, mm-hmm. I govern you. Yeah. That's and that's, why. that's like a really keen inversion that we have to do as, as men and as Catholics in general, we have to invert that and say, no, I'm in control. I'm doing it this way. And then that way you're, you're free. You're more free to to work on your, your spiritual life because you're, you're stronger it's almost yeah. like working a muscle
0: you know it's I mean it is because your, your spiritual life is a muscle yeah and it waxes and it wanes and it gets stronger right and then sometimes you need to add more weight in order to get it to grow again or you need our, to do uh, our
1: muscles are just right. dis- d- deteriorating right. or oh, I know right oh my <laughs> god we can't go to the gym we went anymore. to the gym
0: for once, one day and then it closed down again <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, and, was, and they're like you gotta wear a mask and attempt check it it's garbage don't don't get out of California what are you doing
1: here you guys want to hear a funny story I is funny story. <laughs> the day that we went to the gym we went in together at the same time and oh my gosh we're obviously like <laughs> we're obviously like together like, together, like workout right? buddies and uh the guy's like oh no i'm sorry guys you have to come in one, one at a time one by one. <laughs> we're already wearing masks and everything it's like we're dude like, okay, come on man
0: dude we'll, we'll play by your reindeer game it's just
1: yeah it's just like going to a restaurant too like you have to wear the mask Mm-hmm. and then and then you take you it, take it off still comes anyway you this is how you, so you know you put it back
0: on did through. you see that did you see that fauci was at a he went to a baseball game through the first pitch and then he he put his mask down for he time.
1: he also social distanced the ball from home play. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> i um i i will say this to your to your point um christ mentions prayer and fasting so many times and it's very funny how fasting is one of the things that we we don't really think about. Even now, like um one of the one of the traditional devotions as a as a trad you do is uh we abstain from meat on Fridays.
1: I uh kinda messed that up today. You wanna you wanna have a confession, my son? <sighs> yeah. Guys, pay attention to what you're doing. <laughs> Like this is what we're talking to you about. That's right. Otherwise, you make a stupid mistake like I did today. Well, it's okay because you remember, you are
0: you're not stupid. you're not oath bound because you can you can substitute your you can substitute. Your, so every Catholic is still bound to do p- an act of penance on Fridays. Yeah, this is something that's completely of course gone away mysteriously. Um, we could talk about how evil the old ways were, but suddenly when it comes to the new ways, actually saying no, you still got to do penance. We just kind of forget about this one. <laughs> but uh yeah so it doesn't it for for traditionally that has meant the abstention of meat on fridays yeah uh which which is good because it because when you want to have that leftover pasta with turkey in it which is what i wanted to have for breakfast this morning you go wait i can't because it's friday and it, sound, it might sound like a small silly devotional no, but it's not because again no. it's orienting yeah. it's reminding okay because because jesus is lord and i'm doing this for you lord um And so if you don't fast, you don't have to though, but you still have to do penance. So some people supplement that with, with a particular kind of rosary or prayer life, um, acts of service for the church, something like that.
1: Um, My, uh, my act of reparation for this mistake yeah. is gonna oh it's gotta to happen huge. tomorrow oh i'm gonna I'm carry it on tomorrow and tomorrow i was hoping to can you we know. see
0: our lord in this uh <laughs> can we see our lord in this uh oh we're, we're focusing a little bit Shouldn't have uh, moved. I think, yeah our lady weeps that's what i'm trying to say
1: yeah um so tomorrow i was looking forward to eating a particular dish but now it's penance i'm proud of you Yep. Yeah. no i'm not so what is
0: so what is uh what are the kind of things you're doing now what in your spiritual life that you'd probably recommend what are you reading or 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 kind of i know that you're doing a daily rosary
1: doing a daily rosary right,
0: with your wife which is which is awesome
1: yeah you know what we can go back to uh to talk about um men as being spiritual leaders of the household yeah obviously um it becomes more concrete when you get married Mm -hmm. because then you become the head of the household. Right. And so you have a responsibility to make sure that you're praying together. You have a responsibility to, uh, to be accountable for your wife's soul and hopefully she's being accountable, uh, or she's making sure that you're accountable too. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, um, it's sort of a hierarchy. You're, you're really responsible for your, for your wife's soul. Yeah. So, um, that's one way to backtrack to talk about influence again you have to understand that as a man you you have to have that influence over your household otherwise you're you're sleeping at the wheel and uh you know They're maybe you're pulling an atom. yeah or yeah exactly you're pull you're pulling an atom or to make a a, a reference to the the scriptures you never know when the thief is going to come in mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that thief maybe is is um not so much a literal thief but it could be that um, for example, either me or or you know Ashley, we start doing something that is detrimental to our spiritual life. Yeah, and then guess what? All of that's going to play out in your household, right? Because if you're if you're not ordered interiorly, oh man, everything's going to bother you. Everything's going to be a problem.
0: Yeah, right? that's completely true. Um, and it's funny, you know, I was I was with um, Jen has an has an a set of an aunt and an uncle who are. Who, who come with us to mass or attend Saint vibes on their own and they're they've they've developed a really really good uh spiritual devotion really mm-hmm. good prayer life together and what her aunt was saying is um you know in regards to, to to men in our spirituality is that yeah you know it's it is part it is us as heads of the household yeah and it means that you have to cultivate and be able to lead a spiritual life as head of the household mm-hmm. and it's funny because you know, a headship conversation hasn't come into either our lives until relatively recently because yeah. again it's been one of those understandings that has been lost. Yeah, um, and I think for both of us, like to see it is important, but also to really be able to cultivate it has has helped a lot. And what I'm, what I'm, what you are part, what you are doing, and what I am, I'm preparing myself to do is to be that spiritual stronghold. Mm-hmm. You know, as a man, you are the first and foremost protector of your house. You are the first and foremost protector of your wife because. Your desired devotion as a husband is to get your wife to heaven, Yeah. and so vice versa too. Mm-hmm. And so, what you discover is that in our hierarchy, with with Christ first, and then the man leads his family, and the and the mother leads the children, and all that kind of stuff, it's it's a matter of submission to the to the higher will of Christ in the best way possible.
1: And this is exactly what it means when. You know in the scriptures it says husbands love your wives yeah as christ as loves christ the loves the church it's a sacrificial type of love
0: and it's it's such a tragedy that this has been lost because we, we we heckle or we have to hear the feminist talking point when they when you hear wives submit to your husband but we don't realize the reciprocal understanding of right. what that really means it's mm-hmm. it's it's giving yourself over to one who knows loves you so much that they will be able to safeguard your soul mm-hmm. i mean and Again, this episode's Our Lady's command. It's not like we're just out trudging doing our own thing. We are completely fallen to the feet of Our Lady. Yeah, and it's funny because when there was a statue back east that was defamed, that they, they wrote they wrote idol mm-hmm. on of, of of Our Lady, and that kind of stuff runs deep. Yeah, it runs deep because this is you know this is this is the Mother of Our Lord, and this is our Mother. Mm-hmm. Just as at the end of of John when. When he gives the Virgin Mary to the church, you know, woman, behold your son, uh, you know, behold your mother, mm-hmm. and, and so, boom, it's like we have a, we have to have that devotion, we have to have that cultivation, and the rosary is that great weapon that's been given.
1: You know what really kind of jump started my Marian devotion because I think for a lot of guys, getting married. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. Um, I remember, this is kind of a stupid story. I'll tell you about um, childhood, Rudy, like 16 years ago. Do you want to stretch out on the
2: couch?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let me lay down. Uh, Jordan. uh, Tell me how you feel.
0: Tell me. Mm. (laughs) Jordan, are you listening?
1: (laughs) Um, Time's up. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that'll be $700. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, No, as a child, I never understood devotion to Mary. I thought it was like from a... Like a stupid child perspective, I was like, "Oh, that's like taken away from God." I yeah. But what really kickstarted that? Uh, man, I'm embarrassed to say that. I think I'm turning red. Uh, <laughs> what kickstarted that devotion was was doing the uh, consecration to uh, to Jesus through Mary. Hmm. And I have um, I have a book here. This is uh, this was written by uh, Michael E. Gately. Um, it's a pretty accessible version. I would recommend it for the first time. But essentially, what you're doing is you're consecrating yourself to Jesus through Mary, and mm-hmm. um, and you're uh, imploring her to be the mediatrix between you and Christ. And one of the really awesome examples they make in this book, uh, this uh, Michael Gately, I think he's a priest. Um, he makes the example that at the end of your life, when you go up to, to the judgment seat, um, the film of your life is going to be playing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully you've made a really good confession before you go. So you can edit the movie. So hopefully that it's the nice, awesome right. parts are in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for more, most people, that's going to be the example. Yeah. Right. But for him, the example that he gave was instead of that, it would be like a peasant giving an apple to the queen and the queen presenting it to the king. And um, as a peasant, I'm giving her an apple, right? But what our Blessed Mother is doing with all of our prayers, with all of our life, she is wrapping it in this beautiful gold box and she's putting it on like this incredible silver plate and she's giving it to the king.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's kind of what uh, consecration is. Is In a nutshell, I know that's kind of like a dumbed-down version. There's obviously more than that But I would say that if you're looking for something to jumpstart your Marian devotion It would be something like this Consecration to Jesus through Mary. This is a, a really simple version We've Ashley and I have done this twice, but um, We're looking to do the traditional version with uh, a book by um, Saint Louis de Montfort mm-hmm um and i have another book i would recommend also called the secret of the rosary uh this is by saint louis de montfort um i have ac- extra copies i can give you one jordan i
0: would very much appreciate that
1: but there's like really awesome observations here um and you read it once you read one meditation per day and i have a few highlighted here so i can kind of give you just an, a, a little taste right um he's talking about the the glorious mysteries uh and just in general the the rosary he's saying these are the 15 fragrant flowers of the mystical rose tree devout souls fly to them like wise bees so as to gather their nectar and make honey of a solid devotion i mean it's just like his his his, his writing is just poetry and, and beautiful you know and I think that has something. What a coincidence, right? I just opened to this page and that's, that's oh, yeah. kind of what it is, right? Our lady's like Gan yeah, Rudy. So, so through our our devotion to our lady, we're we're receiving the um the instruments that we can make a, a beautiful a life out of, right? Mm-hmm. A spiritual life out of. So, these two books I would recommend highly, um and even uh St. Louis de Montfort's um consecration formula to uh, Jesus through the Rosary, yeah. uh, to, to Jesus through Mary. Um, those are two really awesome. I wish I would
0: have put them in the description,
1: yeah, so we can see. We'll do it live. I'm
0: just <laughs> we'll do it live. Um, I'm reading. So for mine, um, and I've been I've been reading this all year because it's it's a good slow meditation read. But I'm still on Imitation of Christ.
1: That's a good one,
0: which is fantastic. Yeah, it's very. It, it reminds me a lot of Confession Campus. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of Confessions by Saint Augustine in terms of really plowing into your interior life Mm -hmm. and realizing both your wickedness and and your capacity for good that god plants inside of you so those two and imitation of christ you know have have you know this year especially has been so many graces so many like so many gratitudes for god I, i i'm actually totally prepared to go to mass in the morning tomorrow i pop out because i need to make a really serious thanksgiving Mm -hmm. um but it's it's all it's all wonderful and again again this year's cultivated a lot of darkness around we've seen to have the sacraments ripped out to have our our, really our interior lives disturbed i mean there's no way to you know the whole last three months that we were in there was a lot of spiritual dryness yeah and I, i i was doing a lot of meditation on on you know when Christ cries out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Which is something that's surreal to wrap your mind around, mm-hmm. and meditate on it for the rest of my life. Because I felt that. I felt that second of, well, I know that the Lord is in charge and Christ is, is reigning on high. But man, these are some gutter fighting right now. <laughs> uh, and now especially, but I think now, even as as things have progressed, there are these tools available and as Catholics, we're not afraid to, to show them. We're not afraid to come out in spades and do our rosaries, yeah. come out and, and and to really focus on the interior life. Um, this past year has been a time of really tremendous growth, not just, of course, in my, in my own life personally, but it's been a huge amount of growth for the Latin Mass.
2: Yeah.
0: Huge amount of growth and it's continued. But I've noticed that the tone has shifted to, to being prepared for, for that battle. And the first battle, the foremost battle, is the battle against Satan. Mm-hmm. And so... I know we've extolled this for our views, especially those who, who don't, uh, who don't have access to the mass yet, not readily access to the mass, not the beauty of of the Tridentine rite or any sort of mass. And since I'm going tomorrow, I'm going to remind y'all to go tomorrow. Uh, if you need to go to confession, go to confession, make a good confession, and as our priest extolled upon us, you know, work this time to really stay out of sin.
1: Yeah,
0: because we don't. The uncertainty nowadays is tremendous. And in the midst of this trench warfare that we're having, we don't know when our time will come. We don't know what the Lord is going to ask of us. So this is the time that we really do conform ourselves to the will of Our Lady, to the will of our Lord, and and to make a really good, genuine effort to to get right with God and to make our households perfectly oriented towards the social kingship of Christ.
1: Yeah. So these are three, I think four, four tools that we're giving you to put in your toolbox. Yeah you know the rosary has a daily uh daily prayer mm-hmm. you have spiritual reading um could be i mean it could be history if you want but uh i would say spiritual reading is more um apt for you uh i think it's more important i think so that you can start building an interior life
0: it's good it's better for the interior life yeah and then you have My history certainly does help <laughs> yeah history is fun you know i mean
1: you got to mix it up every it's now and then better. right uh then you have fasting and what was the fourth one jordy
0: so let's say we have interior life prayer fasting the rosary um oh the t- consecration to that's Mary. right yeah, consecration to, the- to jesus through yeah. Mary. yeah yeah
1: those those are like those are going to kickstart your spiritual life i guarantee it mm-hmm. i mean after reading these sorts of things being more informed about your faith there's there's no way that you can continue living a life that is uh that is unworthy or unmeritorious. The message of the gospel. Exactly. Yeah. Because you, you, you start to understand, again, this is going right back into influence. You realize, look, there's certain things that I, I have to do in order to get into heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's not as easy as me just like walking in and just happens to be that St. Peter's going to open up the gate. Yeah. You know, it's just, it doesn't work that way.
0: Many are called, but few
1: are chosen. Exactly. And you have to, you have to continually fight yourself. Yeah. Because... You got to realize that there are, there are three battlefields: the interior battlefield, the external battlefield, and the spiritual battle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so that's that's where we are, and hopefully, at the end of our life, we're gonna have uh, fought the good fight yeah. in order to, to take refuge in Christ. So, what are we at in in time right now? We're
0: doing good, I think. That just are you mad about anything? Oh man, not after this one. Uh, <laughs> or you are mad about things.
1: <laughs> you, those Bishop Barron videos.
0: Oh no, mind. I don't I know. a break. Now I want I, I want to be mad about something else differently. Slightly, because like I know, okay, because I know yeah. if we start on this one we won't ever stop. Yeah. Uh, this will be I'll try to make this as quick, but we know it. Um <laughs> Rudy, let me ask you a question. You consider yourself a traditional Catholic man. Yeah. Right? You're married. Yeah. Happily married. Yeah. Your, wife, your does your wife love you? Yeah. I does think your wife so. love you even when you play Rocket League? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, she does actually. Why would it's recreation. you?
0: Why would you call yourself a traditional Catholic when you play video games, my dude? <laughs> How dare you? How dare? I forgot about this, Jordy. I? All right, so there's
1: a there's an Instagram page called uh, Trad Cat Feminism. Oh, there we go. It's, oh. <laughs> um, and this is the uh, this is the woman at your parish that uh, you know she does some
0: very good work.
1: She she does some good work, but you get married to her, and then it turns out you know you can't you can't ever meet with the boys ever again uh-huh, that's right your life's because, over uh, nope. yeah yeah because uh, you we're... you need to be home and you need to be doing this this and this and talk it's like about, talk oh about, wait a talk minute about hierarchy <laughs> I, I i didn't i don't I'm remember to, i don't remember agreeing to never seeing my pre- friends Kana. again. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway this account they uh they they put up a post and They were critiquing uh, men who play video games recreationally. (laughs) And look, look, I'm not going to get too mad about it because they have a point. Yes. Um, Yes. Some people can take it to excess. And I have tried to dial back even more now because when coronavirus first started, the, the reason I started playing video games more is because I needed connection. I really needed connection. I was feeling really isolated. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that way unfortunately some of my friends they're still isolating to a great extent mm-hmm. but as soon as mass started opening up we started hanging out we started seeing other people you know i was getting i was getting i was checking it off a different way yeah you know but no i i get it some people that you know i i personally know a lot of people who play too much you know they spend they spend like eight hours a day maybe even more yeah you know hooked yeah. onto the the console, I,
0: of this, and i get it right because i can say as, as one who's who pays a special attention to men's issues uh it's very very men's rights yeah well <laughs> some uh <laughs> issues but it's for for men especially we we know this with that men and women have kind of different sort of triggers of what they can get lost and addicted into not yeah. always the time but, the, but for men there's a very special train there's a lot of times with men where we take it too far they they Uh, they disappear into video games and pornography Mm -hmm. and all these other sorts of things and sloth and laziness and it's not becoming of a man to do this as a man it's not just it's the spiritual rigors and it's also the physical rigors which is why we talk about the importance of going to the gym staying healthy right getting your beard game on point
1: (laughs) (laughs) if you can grow Mm one if If you can can grow and do it are you going to
0: try if you can't grow a beard Uh, (laughs) you're not orthodox if you can't grow a beard
1: no you can't be orthodox no I think you can't be an orthodox you You can be Lutheran if you don't have a beard but
0: not Calvinist (laughs) That's John Calvin had that. <laughs> My point being is that again, to Rudy's earlier point, it's recreational. And It's very really fun. It's just a little. It's just a little snippet point. But again, uh, Rudy talked about this earlier. But you can't criticize the football game, right? You know, you can't you can't criticize Saturday's Friday Night Lights uh, as recreation, but you can somehow criticize playing Rocket League, and that's apparently unbecoming and childish. But I think that that people really fail to understand the medium that video games really hold um and they're an art form completely of their own right i just finished playing red dead redemption 2 and i think that that is the best western right now ever uh certainly of the video game genre by spades and the story is extremely gripping and there were moments that were so touching and just as a as a, as a storyteller as a filmmaker i was like there's just so much wealth to this. Yeah. Now you don't overboard it. We like to play Rocket League. We like to have a good time, but it doesn't come to the neglect of your duties as a husband or or any of my obligations. So the answer is let the boys play because they're not (laughs) because they're not talking to girls if they're with the boys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. Well wait a second. I don't know about that one. Okay. That's true. That's true. I'm just playing. (laughs) But uh now look, I, I mean for me, for the most part video games have become an outlet for me to, to interact with people. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing for me right now. Uh, And like I said about coronavirus, I mean, that's, that's genuinely how it happened. I was just like, man, I feel alone. Ashley and I aren't married yet. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in this house and I'm locked in here. Jordan's been
0: bugging me about rocket league. I'm going to give it a shot.
1: I'm going to give it a shot. (laughs) And, uh, And these are, these are memories that we're making through a video game, which sounds kind of stupid, but you know, we're hanging out, we're, we're talking about big things and we have an opportunity to evangelize. Oh my gosh. And I, am not joking. That's completely true. I've had this opportunity many times. I've talked to Ashley about this. I mean, there are times where I've, I've like, this was before Ashley and I got married, but, um, you know, I was up in until like two in the morning, having a a theological discussion with an atheist. Mm Mm-hmm. Or someone who was uh, who was agnostic and questioning their faith and they're away from the church and guess what video games have become a medium for me to evangelize to this guy
0: you know what it is it's 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 the forum
1: yeah it's the public forum yes yeah.
0: so Aristotle talks about friendships being built around that transcendent third mm-hmm. but also that gives us a space legitimately to, to talk about issues. We're not just you know, we're being we're being obviously very kinda of tug in cheek for our clan name. Vatican <laughs> was a mistake and we're running around with our Vatican flags and having fun. Right. But generally, I mean, you saw Rudy's video, hopefully, and if you didn't click it, his a video from a couple times ago. Um, it was Fish kind of Bear a and click, rocket league of the yeah, new evangelization. Clickbaity. It's kind it. of fun. Um, I was trying to
1: trying to get the audience. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: But you know. But it's a genuine point. There was a genuine evangelization moment with a person who did not believe in God. Right. And that conversation never would have happened if we weren't just hanging out doing our thing, playing as as a legitimate Catholic uh, clan. So.
1: And not not to you know not to make it like too extravagant, but because you're playing a video game you're in a neutral setting versus if for example you you're like somebody comes up to you and and they say look i want to debate you Mm -hmm. on why you believe this is in this it's more of like hey i just happened to run into you and uh i noticed that you're not christian in fact you have doubts Mm -hmm. and guess what man we're playing a video game together why don't we talk about how there's probably things that can refute your your position yeah
0: um there's a great, I mean, I'm sure we'll do an episode on it because it's a whole one. The breakdown of what makes for not just moderation of gaming, but also the right kind of video gaming.
1: That's the other thing too. Yeah. If, I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend you play like Grand Theft Auto or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's, guys, you guys are, that's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> that's like trash, man. Like, I don't know. Like there's bad video games. Certainly.
0: There's bad video games. But, um, Certainly. And, um, but
1: Rocket League, dude, it's a car. You're playing soccer. Rocket car. League is like. It's a car, bro. Do you
0: remember? Here's the thing. This is why you know that there are joyless trads. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what it was like to be 10 years old, 12 years old, right? 13 years old. And you invite the boys over and they're on your couch and you're playing Battlefront 2 and you're like having a good time. Yeah. That's a Rocket League an experience. I, I haven't had. I, it's it's in terms of video gaming, so much of of it has been locked in conversations on microtransactions and graphics and all this other kind mm. of stuff, and we forgot about fun a little bit along the way. And yeah. of course, it's great to have an entailing story and gripping lines. And really, art forms of of video games, and that they're also extremely fun and engaging. I love you, Red Dead. I love you so much. <laughs> but man, it's just it's nice to just let your hair down a little bit. And yeah. you don't have any cares in the world. Rocket League does that kind of thing. There are plenty of video games. Nintendo's capitalize on those sorts of games. And you know what? It's not It's it's not hurting anyone. It doesn't neglect from your duties, you know?
1: Like, Hopefully, yeah. Just be aware of it. Just be aware of it. Just be aware and of it. All
0: things moderation. And also give yeah. it up for Lent. We're done.
1: <laughs> give it up for Lent. That's yeah. a really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good spiritual weapon, too. Yeah.
0: Well... Thank you all so much for watching. If you haven't already, you can go ahead and hit that like button, leave a comment. This is the last little uh, Bastions chat. Thank you so much for for staying with us. Yeah,
1: thanks for tuning in, guys.
0: Um, we're we're really, really grateful to you who have been sharing these videos. We, I keep meeting people who have listened, who have heard of it, getting the word out. Look at our subscriber count. I mean, only a month ago, we were below 100. Yeah. And and now it's, it's really great. Thank you so much for those who have been following us on Instagram and on Twitter. If you haven't already, the handle is at Glad Trad Podcast, and if you, uh, we're going to link or uh, update the description to talk about the resources here: the secrets of the secret of the Rosary, Saint Louis mm-hmm. de Montfort, thirty-three days to in glory, and uh, of course the imitation of Christ. So, uh, and of course, please, please, please pray the Rosary every day. Make sure that you keep your weapons sharp. Um, I think it's about covers the bases, don't you think? Yeah. All right. Well, so too. from us here in Dreamland. Really likes to say. You actually no do that, actually, because you have the microphone for it now.
1: From us here in Dreamland. Chills. <laughs> Chills.
0: God bless you. May I keep you. We'll see you on the next one.
1: Thanks Peace. for tuning in, guys.